Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I hope you are all doing great. Now, one of the things that I like to do is I like to sit back and through crises or major movements or when the world's really, really changing quickly, there's something significant out there. I like to sit back and think, what impact will this have into the future? I've been working from home, my children have been at home over the past couple of weeks, and I find it fascinating to see how the world is adjusting to this work and study from home model. Now, it's absolute mayhem. I don't know about you guys, but I'm finding it difficult to adjust, but we are adjusting. And as we adjust, I'm looking and seeing in what ways Work will change, study will change into the future because there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that what we're going through now is going to be similar to what we went through in 2000 and 2001 during the dot-com boom. At that time, the internet was just coming out and there were many people that were doubtful on the way that the internet would change the way we lived our lives. I mean, back in the late 90s, it wasn't really popular to have a view that we'd be doing our shopping, our banking, organizing our travel, and all these really important things on the internet. There were a few that came out that saw it, they were visionary, they sat back and they thought, okay, this is going to change the world, and they formed views, and you know, in 2010, 10 years later, they basically reaped the benefits because they were early movers. And I think work is going through that period now. The way we work, the way we interact, the way we do business is going to change. That's going to have an impact on the way we buy and sell and use real estate. And so this week, my team and I sat down to discuss that. We went through a whole range of different options, what's on our mind and how we think that this will play out into the real estate investment space. So the discussion is about 20, 25 minutes. I'm sure you'll find it very, very useful. Tiffy led the way in our team and coordinated between Dom, my business partner, and I. And I hope you enjoy this discussion as much as I did. Stay tuned. Another episode will be down next week. Until then, stay safe. God bless. So today we will be discussing some of the changes that we will be expecting to see in the property market after coronavirus. Okay, so let's just jump straight into it, Peter. Can you just start telling us a little bit of the things that we're seeing as changes? So I think what's fundamentally changed, particularly in Australia over the past month, is just the level at which the government is willing to step in and support the economy. What we've seen over the past four to six weeks has not only been the Reserve Bank, the central bank, cutting interest rates to their lowest level ever and basically saying to the banks that we are here to help you lend, but the government has announced unprecedented you know, uh, stimulus to the extent that we've never seen before and I don't think we will see again for a very long time because if they continue to hand out so much money, there won't be any money left. They're going to have to raise taxes. And so 
I think that's fundamentally changed. And I think as an investor, you can sit back and be caught up in the short term. But I think it's very important to look at what's happening in the medium to long term and adjust your investments around that. Okay. So, Dom, what's your view about this? Exactly what Peter just said. I think that we are in a very interesting time, which everyone's well aware of. But what I'm so happy and pleased about is the response of the Australian government. If you have a look around the world, um, it, it feels like in some cases it's been disjointed and difficult for governments to put out policies that were going to benefit the people, whereas the government hasn't been too reactive in shutting everything down and killing the economy. They've um, been very mindful of the numbers with the virus, aware of where people movements are, been very positive and good in doing so much testing under the advisement of a lot of a lot of smarter minds than myself, um, but then also followed up with all the pain points in the economy. They're aware that people just need a living salary, and they came out with that yesterday. They're aware that small businesses need to keep people employed, so they're supporting them. They're aware that there's vendors and then there's, or there's landlords and there's tenants. So what we've seen is daily they're coming out with different ways to support all of us, to support big business, small business, and the people that are on the ground that are feeling the pain the most. So I'm feeling very proud and happy with how the government's responded, both from an economic level, but then also on a health and um, how they're protecting citizens. So, yeah, I think that, that, that all of that coming together, I was way more fearful at the start i had my peak fears for the last week but then after seeing all the different ways that we've responded how australians have responded i'm feeling way more confident way more self, way more self-assured and I'm, and I'm taking this more of as a hibernation and a holiday more than anything okay and when it comes to the property market and all of these measures and all of these cash coming into the market. What are we expecting to see? And also understanding that we're now in the process of changing habits, right? So people are changing their daily routines. What do we feel it's going to be that next thing we're going to be start seeing on the property market? We wrote a note last week for Money Magazine. And in the note, what we actually said is that there will be a short-term impact, but it's important to look at the medium to long-term because what we've seen from previous pandemics particularly SARS, is stock dries up. And what I mean by that is the amount of people selling property will drastically reduce. Um, The government has basically announced plans to ban auctions. Open homes are a lot harder to do. And what that does is it delays people putting their property to the market. So transactions are likely to fall off. There might be some price movement. Dom and I aren't really seeing significant price movement at the moment, but we're watching it very, very closely. And I think as an investor, what you need to do is say not just what happens over the next three to six months, but how does this impact my investment strategy over the next five, 10, 20 years? Because we know that all this money that the government's giving out has to be paid back, which means they're going to increase taxes at some stage, which means you need to have a tax smart investment strategy. And we know that interest rates have never been this low ever, ever in the history um, you know, of the modern world, rates haven't been this low. And so if you know that rates are really low and you know that taxes are likely to rise because the government needs to recoup what it's paying out today and stock levels are going to come down in the next few months, 
there's a strategy there. And I think that is re- we're really focusing on, not just as the market going to move two, three, four, five percent over the next couple of months. What do you think, Dom? I think that there's a few different people at the moment. There are those that are already in deals, committed, needing to settle and, and wind up their current transactions. I know quite a few people that are doing that and are uncertain. And to those people, I say, you need to close your transaction up, finish it, settle it, rent the property out, get it onto the market. Because at the moment, we're seeing um, a lot of people getting in and looking to get their home sorted. They're looking to find the right property um, and lease it as fast as possible in anticipation for any major um, changes in the global economy. They're going to, um, you know, uh, freeze people moving around. So that's one thing. The second thing, the people that are sitting on cash, I would be holding tight for the short term. I would want to see what opportunities exist in the market. We as a team have already seen some developers come forward. We saw an email just the other day, 5% discount. Another developer came forward, $20,000 rebate. Another developer came forward with a building upgrade. So these are all opportunities that are coming forward but they don't exist for everybody. A lot of these opportunities are off market because people don't want to seem desperate and developers don't want to come out and, you know, straight away to the open market, give a 10, 15, 20% discount. I don't think it's going to get that bad, mind you, but there are opportunities. You just need to be talking to the right people because they're not going to be publicly known. Um that's the, yeah, no, and I was going to say that, that that's, that's really the long and short of it. As Peter said, this is the lowest interest rate environment ever. So um, with the tightening of supply, I don't think that the market's going to be as hit as heavily as some people are saying. They're saying 20% discounts. I don't see that happening um, just because of the massive amount of stimulus coming in that's going to help everybody retain their jobs. But I do think that there will be some opportunities for a short period of time. You just need to keep your eyes and ears open and obviously come and chat to us. Yeah, definitely. And Peter, can I ask you to dive a little bit more on that strategy piece relating to tax benefits? Yeah, so the tax strategy is basically what you what you keep is not what you make. You know, we all make money through our work, through our businesses, through our investments. And we keep what's left after tax. And so what, what I've been saying for a very long time to a lot of people is you need a tax strategy. Not Don't just look at the price or the rent in isolation. Stand back and say, okay, what sort of tax strategy do I have? Now, at the moment, we're seeing the reversal of tax. We're not seeing people having to give their wealth to the government. We're seeing the government for, for pay um, and give out all this stimulus. And the stimulus is is huge. It's mind-boggling. You know, it's more now, it's probably 15% of GDP. What does that mean? 15% of the overall size of the economy, the government going out and borrowing two to $300 billion to give that to people to ride out this downturn. But like all borrowings, when you and I borrow, we need to repay that and the government will need to repay that. And the only way that the government makes money is through tax, right? The government's not into running businesses, the government recoups uh, basically from us, from taxpayers. And so if you have a look at the ways that you can invest tax-wise in real estate, there are a few different ways and depreciation is very important.
important because depreciation is a tax allowance that the government gives you. Depreciation comes with brand new property. And I think that's very important to think about in the future. You can go out and invest in stocks and earn a dividend and that has tax benefits to it. But then you've got all these swings and roundabouts that come with investing in stocks. If you go out and buy real estate, the temptation is to buy something old and spruik it up, but you don't have depreciation, that tax element. And so they're the things that we're watching very, very closely. And I'm certain that in five, 10 years' time, the government's going to have to impose things like death taxes. It's going to have to repay this money, you know, whether it's the GST going up or whatever way, this money has to get repaid. It's not free money. It doesn't come out of thin air. It's borrowed money. And the way, you know, you pay taxes in the future, uh, it's a good time to be thinking about that today. Okay, so very important to start thinking about that longer term strategy and our tax strategy. Now, I'm going to switch a little bit the conversation because today we were having a team catch up and a very relevant topic came up, which is how during different points in time, different recessions, we as humans have changed habits. And this is the point in time where changing habits is one of the most difficult things, but we have been experiencing the whole working from home, right? So Dom, can you expand a little bit of those, how those changes in habits will affect the property market? So there's a few things. I think fundamentally people don't really change. The only time they change is if there's extreme pleasure, so a really big reward or extreme pain. Now, right now, there's a huge amount of pain in the market, and that is going to have a repercussion or an effect on all of us. You know, when we had a look at the previous natural disasters or, you know, uh, pandemics like the Spanish flu or world wars or um, the great financial crises, after all of these major events, we saw people's behaviors change in one way or another. I think, interestingly, in this scenario, I think businesses are going to see that you probably don't need to have all of your staff all in one place all of the time. You know, you don't need to have face-to-face -face meetings every single day and maybe these 20-minute phone calls or video catch-ups is a cost-effective way to run your business. Now, this is just obviously some speculation that we've all been thinking about, but what we've noticed is over the past 20, 30 years, even 50 years, the Sydney environment in particular has gone from a suburban city to an urban one. And what I mean by that is back in the old day, we wanted a quarter acre block, we want plenty of space, and it was a house with plenty of rooms. And over time, we've become more European and Asian and got into bigger towers, condensed living, and we relied upon having to be closer to the cities and then travel out to go and do everything. Whereas Now, I think there might be a reversion where, one, if you're going to be in a tower, if you're going to be in a building, you're going to want gyms, facilities, you know, working from home, you know, co-working spaces, more holistic spaces and buildings that you can do everything from the one place. And the second thing, I feel like the residential market in some ways is going to become a bit more commercial in that all of us have got a one, two, three, four bedroom place. But now we've also got that all-important home office. So many homes or houses or apartments will in some way become a business or a commercial property as well. So mum or dad or both can now work from home and maybe go into the city once or twice a week. Now, just to elaborate on that further, I think it's interesting because if you don't need to go into work 
every single day and it's only a commute that's once or twice, suddenly I may be more comfortable with living an hour or an hour and a half away from work. So will lifestyle decisions come into play when buying your own home? Will it be acceptable to live an hour and a half away or more acceptable? So will we see a shift in a change in demand away from major cities, congestion and smaller living to more lifestyle outspread, you know, distance and, um, you know, an additional room where before we didn't want it? What do you guys think? So, sorry, Peter, before you go into that, so Dom, did you just say that now the home becomes even more important than before? That's exactly right. Where, where before you needed a space or an office, there might be less office space or less of a need for commercial and more of a need for a better quality home. Okay. Sorry, Peter, you go. I think that's, an, that's a huge point because there's the work element. There's also the study element. What we're seeing with schools is they're having to quickly adapt and implement medium to long-term solutions for children to be able to study outside of the classroom. Um, you know, primary schools, high schools, we've seen the disruption to universities. In Australia, one of our biggest exports is education and one of our biggest export markets has been China. Chinese students have, have basically been quarantined and stopped from coming in, but the universities were very, very quick to adapt and implement online learning. And so when you take, when you take adults that can now work, not all work, but a lot of professional services work, which economies like Australia, the US, the UK have a big chunk uh, of their workforce doing. Professional services work can happen from home. And also children can, and, and university students can study remotely. That completely changes the way that we've been thinking about real estate, as Dom said, since the Second World War, urbanising, making sure we're close to transport because we need transport every day to get to and from a particular location. So these are the things that, that I think that we're going through now. It's not going to be something that stops. I think it, it's something that accelerates. And so people will start to think twice about, um, you know, maybe home ownership will increase because a home is no longer, as Dom said, a, a space that you, you sleep and cook and shower and then go out. It's a place that you also might now start to study from or work from. And so having that security, having that customization. Um, you know, we are all sitting in our houses today doing this. Um, and I'm sure in the future, our houses will look very different. So I think that's a huge, huge point. And I think that will really impact the way people look at real estate as an investment and the way that home ownership changes into the future. That's super interesting. And for sure, we will see a lot of these things that right now we're living through and we're not realizing how huge a change it is in our daily lives impact what the new property world will be looking like. Now, um, Dom, is there anything else that you would want to mention out of everything we're seeing in these new changes in lifestyle for the property market? Well, there's a, there's a few different things. This is such a big and fascinating topic that we could probably chat about for the next couple of weeks. But one thing I want to just touch on, which I find interesting, and I read in Bernard Saltz, um, he's a great demographer that put out an article recently, um, alluding to the fact that after these big swings or changes or these big uh, monumentous occasions, there is a shift in behaviour and you see big shifts in migration as well. I think that the way that the Australian government 
behaved, the way that our economy behaves, and then also where we are geographically positioned makes Australia one of the most desirable locations to live in the world. And depending on how governments respond, in the longer, the medium to longer term, it will become a more desirable location for a lot of people that were heavily impacted by this virus. Because there was so, in Europe, it's easy to transport us and move, move around very, very easily. Same as China, same as the US. They may look at smaller markets like ours and say, that's a safer place to live. The quality of life is higher. The government can respond a lot faster. You know, if migration increases further than what it does, and more and more people want to live in a place like Australia, what happens to property prices then? Yeah, for sure. You would have a lot of people coming in and spending money. There would also need to be um, new infrastructure coming in for, for, for that migration, right? To cater to that migration. And, and more homes. More homes. That, that all drives demand for housing definitely that's a very interesting point and and i agree it, it is true that in the short term whilst you're living a recession probably migration will go on the other direction but you are right when you think about the medium slash long term australia is a super desirable that safe place away from everything mm, absolutely exactly uh, peter sorry do you have any comments on this It's interesting because in our national anthem, in the Australian national anthem, we've, we've got a line that says our home is girt by sea. And in some way, being a big island nation has been helpful because we've been able to close our borders quite quickly. We've been able to limit aviation flows. That's the main way people come into this country. Whereas if you have a look at in Europe, for example, you know, Spain, Italy um, and the United Kingdom, they, they have pretty much um, you know, land borders. And so it's been a lot difficult to, to stop from a health perspective. And Australia is, I'm biased, but I think Australia is the most beautiful, the best country in the world. And we, our, our health system has held up relatively well as of the time of this recording. We're managing to flatten the curve. Our government's come to the party. We're just such a desirable place to live. And a crisis is, is the best way to highlight how capable and how strong a nation is. And um, I think, you know, we will become relatively more, even more attractive to the rest of the world as an investment uh, destination. If our, if our people are comfortable and happy and they have employment prospects, then there's nothing really holding us back over the medium to long term. So I'm very, very positive about Australia's future. And I completely agree with you guys. The things that made us attractive uh, yesterday are probably likely to even become more attractive tomorrow. What I also just want to point to as well, Tiffy, is a lot of the places that we've been doing our research and looking at markets, there has been a tremendous amount of spending in healthcare in particular. We were looking at the Liverpool LGA, $700 million for that uh, hospital. We're looking at that uh, Parramatta LGA, your Westmead, massive amounts of money going into the hospital and the children's hospital. So... We've been looking at areas that have been wanting to upgrade and have upgraded much of their medical precincts. And it's just times like this really highlight how important it is to have a holistic government economy, you know, social well-being. It's, it's money into all the right places, not just one space. 
hundred percent. And I think that's what, whenever we look at the plans that the federal government in conjunction with the government of New South Wales have been doing for the Western Sydney airport and, and the, the free metropolis they're planning. So the Western Sydney metropolis, the central Sydney and the Eastern Sydney, it, it's a 40 year plan. And in that 40 year plan, they don't just focus on one element, they focus on education, they focus on health, they focus on housing and infrastructure, connectivity. So that holistic approach that you just mentioned, that's very important. It's just the having a view of the whole picture and not just a few different pieces. 100%. Absolutely. Okay, guys. I think um, this was uh, a lot of new information for, for me and for everyone watching this video. Is there anything else before we say goodbye you would like to mention? I think what I'll, I'd like to add is that often people wait for markets to come down because, you know, everybody wants to get a really good deal and everybody sort of wants to buy right at the bottom and sell right at the top. But usually what happens, um, whether it's stocks, whether it's real estate, what we saw at last year, the market was really, really soft in real estate last year. And a lot of people that were looking to buy for a long time thought, maybe it'll get cheaper. Maybe I'll, I'll snag a better deal. And they missed it. The market took off um, you know, right after the election in the second half of 2019. And so if you want to buy, if you want to invest, investment is always a long-term game. Um, sure, things could get worse and you might be able to get a slightly better deal. But in the context of 10 or 20 or 30 years' time, now is a fantastic time to be investing. And don't try to get, um, you know, don't, don't try to wait too long. Um, don't try to get too greedy and trying to pick the bottom of the market. If something stacks up and something is of high quality, it's always a good time to be buying an asset. And if anything, today there's less competition than there was maybe three or four months ago. But who knows what will happen into the future. And so when you're buying a good asset in a great economy, um, backed by good fundamentals, don't try to hold off too long because you could miss the bottom. Yeah, there's yeah no don't pick the bottom. There's no such thing about us timing the market, right? Which a lot of people want to believe they can. It, I think it's, it's really, really hard. Now, Dom, any recommendations for people out there? Recommendations. I think my first recommendation is that they should reach out and have a chat to you or do our wealth score or talk to Jason or any of our team because we've, we're on the ground. We're talking to all the right people. We're chatting to the developers, we're chatting to vendors, we're talking to builders. We know what's happening in the market. We can see the good opportunities. Um, and buying a property doesn't happen in a day. So if you're thinking about buying a property, it's going to take some time before you actually purchase it. They need to come and talk to us now because when the market starts to run, it might be too late. So come and chat to us, get ready, understand your financial position, set the strategy, we'll tell you how we're going to do things. And then when it's time to buy, we can press go and we've got the right deal under our grip. So yeah, just come and chat to us. Don't waste time. Use this time now to come and do your research, talk to the team and get ready because the market will run a lot faster than you think. Good good is never as good as it is and bad is never as bad. So come in now and just, just have a chat to the team. Couldn't agree more. Um, and that's an amazing recommendation. Okay, guys, um, thank you for your time. Um, I, I, I think this is one of our best Wealthy Wednesdays yet. That's because <laughs> and... Peter joined. <laughs> <laughs> and, I'll be and, on more often. 
I'll be on more often. It's interesting times. So that's what we're here for, right? We're here to give value and to help people out. And um, we're going to hopefully be doing more and more of this. Exactly. Uh, and thank you, everyone. If you uh, listened to anything that you thought it was interesting, new, um, please share it with others because we love uh, to hear also people's thoughts and just help as many people as possible. Well, guys, have a lovely day and thanks for joining. Thanks, Tiffy. Thank you. Bye. Bye.